nothing too crazy. Here hello, we are. everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome to Nothing Too Crazy. I'm your host, Brooke. And I'm Nina. Nina Marie. Correct. That is my full government name. <laughs> In case anybody wants to find her. Dun, dun, dun. Well, welcome to our, how many episodes is this? Five? This Four. is the fifth one. Fifth episode. Can yeah. you guys believe it? Number five. Number five. <laughs> this is not a game show we're really going with it though we're amping up the dramatics we love um, it what what have we been up to this week i know everyone's dying to know well i didn't ride the bike yet it came in finally <gasps> you didn't tell me that i forgot we have so much to do it came in yesterday okay, so okay. we have to put it together oh, and oh no <laughs> yeah we have to do that too and then i have to learn to ride it I'll be there for you. Thank you. I'm excited and nervous. It's been a long time since I've ridden a bike. <laughs> you, you first. <laughs> I'll get on it first. See if I remember. They say but, it's just like riding a bike. I mean, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Everything is alleged. Um, other than the bike, I feel like there's other things that have happened this week. I've been deep cleaning my room. Yes, you have. And I... <laughs> You're going to make fun of me, but I already started packing my suitcase for Mexico. Oh, yeah. Which is in three weeks. (laughs) My Mexico trip is in three weeks, and all of the clothes that I will be wearing are packed. Folded. I have a snap to prove it. Yeah. Folded in the suitcase. Packed. List. Things crossed off of it. Well, because what happened was, what had happened? What was, had happened was, I was making the list of all the things I need. Uh-huh. Then I was like, okay, let me start picking out outfits, mm-hmm. like full outfits, and I'm laying them out on my bed, and I'm like, well, if I'm gonna lay them out on my bed, I might as well just put them in the suitcase that's empty right there at the end of my bed. Correct. So then I put them in the suitcase, <laughs> and now they're all packed, and realistically it's not going to get that hot here in the next three weeks for me to wear any of these clothes this is true watch it be like 80 degrees and i'm have no you have nothing to warm wear. clothes <laughs> oops wait no today i was checking the weather and i was like oh my god next tuesday is supposed to be 81 degrees and then i looked and it was for like santa clara oh i was like, like um, why is this on this location you're like um refresh i was like actually it's gonna be 61 degrees still nice but uh not 81 i was like what's happening <laughs> you're like global warming is that you senior moment oh no but how does the internet work how does it work <laughs> yeah but other than that i mean obviously which we will get into this virgo full moon energy is already affecting me and every yeah way. i felt it I physically felt it. So the moon's going to be the fullest tomorrow, but it went into Virgo yesterday. And I felt that with my whole body. It was a weird day. People were being weird. Yeah. It was bizarre. I haven't felt a moon like this in a in a hot minute. Yeah. And this is my moon sign. So I'm feeling emotional. Just a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's in my 10th house of career. And now I'm uh, questioning everything I've ever done in my life. So. What house is mine in again? Your 8th house. Right. So, yeah, I just have her chart memorized, guys. Um, 
but <laughs> i don't have my chart memorized but no Brooke i does. do i do um yeah what's happened to you this week this week i am what have i done well no mural painting no mural painting no wall painting at all we've been taking a break i'm still on the search for my perfect throw pillows for my couch because this is not the final draft no um i am starting to plan and make a pinterest board for our new podcast room that will be coming soon not soon don't get excited like nothing's done yet <laughs> nothing's even planned but we have a pin I, we're starting a pinterest yes um i've been a- catching up on the television guys you and your television i've been catching up on it i've been doing the thing and it's bleak out there yeah i did watch that new show fresh not show it's a movie oh right 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 you were telling me about this and with sebastian stan with sebastian stan which yes he's still hot didn't change phenomenal phenomenal um really good at playing kind of weird love that Mm -hmm. um i don't want to spoil anything and i really won't i know we love to spoil things on this podcast but it was just would i say go and watch it no i think there's better thrillers out there I think a lot of movies and stuff right now are becoming so stylized that I'm losing plot. Right, right. Love the direction, love the visuals, love all of that. But I feel like we still need like the meat and potatoes. But did it did it feel like you were at the edge of your seat or not until like the end? The end was where I was at the edge of my seat, but it was all little... Um. I felt like nothing happened until the end. Got it. Like, things happened. Right. But not, like, I wasn't, like, it was supposed to be a thriller, and I wasn't scared. You were not thrilled. I was not thrilled about it. Like, <laughs> well, did I think the acting was good? Did I think that the visuals were good? Yes. I just feel like I needed more substance in between the beginning and the end, because it was a good beginning, and it was a good end. I felt like the middle, I was like... I feel like a lot mm. of people are trying to do what jordan peele does and they just can't mm. with like us and get out and all of that where it's just like this i don't want to say monotone because it's not monotone but it's just like a constant from the beginning mm-hmm. like you were just on this edge the whole time and then it gets heavy towards the end but it's led you to that in the in this perfect way because it stayed constantly tense mm-hmm. where like if it starts slow like you're as if you're building this plot and then all of a sudden it's giving you everything that's not the vibe that's not what's happening and i feel like people are trying to do that where it's tense and it's not tense you're not creating any tension for me yeah and again i thought the acting was good it was just again it was just missing something because it's not even like oh i wish i could have seen that in the movie theater you know sometimes you're like this would be great in a theater especially like thrillers yeah the surround sound will get you, but even then. No, I was just like, it was a little predictable. There was a friend in there that reminded me of you, like her friend who's like, bitch, where is she? And do you know <laughs> you know how I have the secret code where we do mm-hmm. like a secret emoji and I'll send that to you yes. if you send that to me to make sure that we know it's us and someone didn't just like take my phone and right. murder me. There was some of that action in there. Um, and I was really happy that I had thought I would have never 
fall for this shit. I know that. Right. Watching this, I'm like, who would fall for this? Uh. Um, but that friend knew. Of course. Like reverse Google searched an image to see that it was from like a travel website mm-hmm. to then be like, okay, well, where is she? Looks at the, like, does all the things. Like she, I'm like, oh, this yeah. is Nina. I would sleuth. She would sleuth around. No one's getting Absolute. past. Absolutely. No one's getting over on Nina. No, not at all. I literally was like, here is the secret emoji. I'm going to send it to you periodically whenever I feel like it. And then you're going to send it back. Yeah. And sometimes, because whoever's with you isn't going to know what that emoji is supposed to be. Right. They'd be like, nice octopus. Right. And you'd be like, that's not her. That's not the correct one. You sent the wrong one back. Right. Now I have to come find you and I have to kill you. <laughs> Just kidding. Getting real serious. <laughs> Just yeah, kidding. I mean, again, I'm still watching the How I Met Your Father reboot. Yeah, you're still watching it? Yeah. I'm just watching it out of obligation. I can't really talk. I watched like procedurals and Bob's Burgers on repeat. So I don't watch like live television. I've been somewhat up to date on Law and Order SVU and 911 Lone Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my sense of TV is not the same. I You are able to watch like so many things, so many different shows at once. And I kind of envy it. I used to do stuff like that, but I can't. I can't anymore. I do say I think Single Drunk Female is really good. I think you would really like it. Yeah. It's lighthearted, but it's still like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. You know, I like it. For one of those shows where it's like a 22-minute episode without commercials. Right. You know, like, I've been watching a lot of those things where it's like short. Bite-sized. Bite-sized pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, I really do. I would recommend it. I actually want more people to watch it because I'm scared that it might get canceled. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Good. They do leave it on like a kind of like a cliffhanger. So I'm assuming, I mean, you never know. People just be leaving cliffhangers. Maybe I'll watch it. I I do really like it. I always tell you I'm going to watch things and I don't, but maybe this one I will because I have actually thought about it. (laughs) Stay tuned. Probably not. (laughs) Um, So yeah. I think this is a perfect segue, though, into our first segment. Oh, Brooke's doing the pop corner this pop week. Pop corner. Is that your little, that's your little jingle? Now there's a jingle, too. Pop, pop, pop. You are the popcorn. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um, so, of course, we're going to talk about a reality show dating. A reality show dating. A reality show dating. A reality show that you date. Okay. So, <laughs> a new dating reality show and if anybody knows me it's right up my alley so we are talking about today the new dating show the courtship very exciting i I watched the first episode for all of you you're welcome it is the bachelor meets bridgerton which we all know side note bridgerton comes out on the 25th season two very excited We'll talk about that on another episode for sure because I'm obsessed. Even though Nina will never watch it. Okay. That one I've stood my ground on. Yeah, she will never, ever, ever watch it. But that's fine. I'll watch it for the both of us. So basically, this is a reality show. And I actually really like it. So this girl, um, and her name is Nicole Remy. She used to be like an NFL cheerleader. And she's done other things. She is the person that would be the equivalent to like the bachelorette she is the one to find love no what i like about this show that's different from other shows is she has her court so her mom dad sister and best friend 
are there helping her along oh, the way. Oh, the whole time. The whole time. And I really like that because that's the thing for me that The Bachelor, I feel like they'd have more success if they could at least have like one friend there. Right. Because the hosts are not doing it. No. if They want you to think that they are. If you, if everyone around you is paid to make the show interesting, I don't trust a single, I would not trust a single person. Right. Producers are not there to be your friend. They're there to produce drama so sorry guys i'm singing a lot today (laughs) um so i do like that and in the first episode they have a ball like the opening ball and before she comes in the family gets to talk to everybody Ooh! and then she comes in do they do it cinderella story style where they all have a mask not masked yet i wish that they did but um all the guys are wearing like old style the full guard wear yes yes um in the beginning of the episode they read some letters that they've wrote like like pen pal like like they're really holding on to like they're going to be doing things that you did to court in the regency era of england i love it like they're really we love a theme we love a period piece well you don't i do I can I, I can appreciate mm. and respect a period piece. That was your respectful way of saying fuck a period piece. It depends on the period. <laughs> what period would you like? I like um a good I don't I like a throwback that's not like the 1800s. Why don't you like the 1800s? I don't know. Is it just too far removed? Maybe. I have a friend who listens to this podcast and I'm going to shout her out serena if you're listening she does not like a period piece especially from like the 1800s because she just thinks of how bad the hygiene was back then oh i could feel that I could, and I could. she just goes like she can't get into it and i'm like why are you thinking about hygiene at a time like this <laughs> you're like they have unrequited love right and in real life they're showering okay um <laughs> So there are about 20 something suitors. The first thing that we do and we see they write letters. That's what we were. That's where we were on. Right. They write letters and they have no idea who they are. And they're reading them aloud. Like each person in the court is reading one. She reads one. Um, and it's cute. There one guy just talks about how like he can't wait to like go and, and like eat with her and he'll bring the tums and it was kind of funny but like again when you don't know the person they were like tum. she was like reading she was like tums she was like oh tums like i was like mm. um a little cringy mm, very no this entire show is cringe this the guy gets out of the carriage it's camp it's camp oh for yes. real this guy they all show up in carriages and in horses and stuff like that and this one guy's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know how he brings it up. He's like, I'm a singer. He goes, oh, can you sing for us? Acapella. Just, oh, no. <laughs> like, and the guy who shows up with him is like, I can't compete with all that. I'll not be doing that. I was oh, like, well. Mm. So then we're at the ball. We're talking. We're dancing. The family picks six guys for her to have like a little separated time with. And then she gets to pick one guy to have one-on-one time with. Okay. And then immediately there's an elimination. And it is an elimination dance. Yes, they're dancing. I'm sorry. What? So back in 
Regency era times. I know you don't watch Bridgerton or anything like that or read those books. So there would be a dance card and you would fill out who you would dance with throughout the night. So she writes, there's six people that she writes on this dance card and three of them went home and three of them she got to keep. So during this dance that they all have to memorize, they are talking. I don't know how well it's executed. They're talking about why. She's like, this is why, like, you, like I'm basically about to eliminate you. What do you have to say about it? While they're dancing? While they're dancing. My eyes are wide. And then they 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 give their like kind of speech back and um and then after she says like if she wants them to stay or if she wants to say farewell farewell oh my i will say everyone's in like kind of accurate clothing but her like she's the only like it is still like it's basically like if you were watching like a CW period piece. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's like inspired by right. the period. Right. But then in the we're co- alluding. Yes, we're alluding. Of course, on her one on one, like they do fireworks and all that jazz. Of course. And stuff like that. But yeah, so going forward, it looks like there's going to be a lot of drama. And it was definitely different. It was definitely like refreshing. She's really likable. Um, from the commercial, it seemed like she has a lot of personality. She does. And her family's really funny. Right. Her best friend is funny. Like, they're all like... Like, people from The Bachelor couldn't pull this off. No, because they have no personality. They're... Right. Influencers and selling me their diet tea. Right. Like, I'm tired. Right. (laughs) Literally. I'm really... It's like, how many blonde balayages can I see on a TV screen before I want to fall there's nothing i love more on the bachelor where they're like i made sure i wore a red dress so so i stood out and there's like 18 red dresses and we're like girl you did not get the memo Mm -mm. but i'm excited for this show i'm excited i think it's gonna be a fun time and it's something that's easy to watch and again i like the fact the family's incorporated i think that if the family could be on the bachelor from the beginning I feel like there would be more long-lasting relationships because these people are acting like a fool because they have no one grounding them being like, stop doing this. Right. Imagine me in a world without you telling me to not be weird. <laughs> How right. would I even send a text message? Honestly. Without you. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think, again, having more fun with it, it's not as serious. And there's nothing I hate more on dating shows where it's like, and this is my sob story. And Ugh. now this is my sob That's story. why I stopped watching all the singing reality shows. Because I, don't worry, I have sympathy for you and the fact that your grandmother raised you like her own child and then she got cancer and now you're on American Idol. But like, can you sing? No. The question is, can you sing? Really quick tangent. I'm mad at American Idol. Oh. Do you want to know why? Why? They had a farewell this is the last season show did you watch it yeah yeah people from the first season to the last season greatest hits this and that a big thing this is the end and then they're like the new season of american no it's over right like it should have i feel like this is actually a parallel universe where they forgot it happened (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like the people in american idol producers are like what are you talking about we never did that 
<laughs> they're trying to create their own mandela effect literally i'm like <laughs> no i watched it i was there i mourned we did it i mourned the because i think when we were younger like that was what you did with your family you watched the american Idol you called in to vote you called in i remember i would cry when my favorite person got eliminated absolutely this was serious if you didn't have a crush on David Archuleta, My I don't want to talk to you. first concert was a Chris Daughtry concert. Of of course it was. <laughs> that was my first concert. I love that. So. And that's our American Idol corner. American Idol corner, guys. <laughs> it just is like, stop trying to, it's like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Right. Stop it's not trying happening. To make American Idol happen. Stop it. No one likes Katy Perry. Nobody. I like Katy Perry. No, you don't. <laughs> Yes, I you do. Don't. What? People like Katy no Perry. one likes her. What are you? Talking? I don't. <laughs> what? You like her because she's all that Scorpio energy, but she's annoying. I've always liked Katy Perry. <laughs> I. <laughs> We're fighting. <laughs> We're fighting. Just the way you just looked at me. I'm a Katy Perry fan, and I am saying this out loud for I the love, internet. I love the video where she's dressed up as a hamburger. <laughs> And she was like, get back in it. And who else is in the bathroom? Are you talking about... Wait, is it Taylor Swift? No, I think it's Beyonce's in the bathroom or something. Oh, I don't know. And she gets out and she, her dress is like the lettuce. And then she like has to put on her burger. Uh, it's so funny. Oh my goodness. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, let me know. <laughs> let us know. But yeah, so that's really my popcorn of this week, guys. I'm watch really, this show. I'm really into it. Tell mm. me if you would even watch it. But it's just something fun. I'm sick of serious shit. This is actually a Bachelor hating podcast now where I'm like, please <laughs> oh give me something different. Even though I love The Bachelor. I didn't watch the season, but. Yeah, I did not watch this past season either. But I um, I usually do get into The Bachelor, surprisingly enough. Even though I don't watch reality TV much. Mm-hmm. I do. Winnie is all over the place today. If you hear her little jingle bell, she's really not. She's not comfy yet. She's just trying to get to her spot, which she doesn't know where it is. We're messing it up. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited. I actually feel like I would watch the show. No, but it is really fun. I think you should watch it. Because we love camp. We love it to be campy. It is fully camp. And if it's not, they're fooling me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely have to check it out. And I'm curious to see, is she going to find love? She really is, like, for serious. I think she's really serious about it. Some of these guys? Huh. Iffy. Yikes. Yikes. Except the guy who did write the letter about like getting like eating a lot and needing Tums. He's I do think that he'll go far. I do. Yeah, I feel like that's a good character there. You know, it's a little different. He's not just sitting there being like Oh hey, I'm a I'm a good guy. I I'm a, <laughs> like I just if I see one more guy that's like an entrepreneur, what does that even mean? Oh, I love I love when it's on The Bachelor and it says their like job title and it sounds made up. Every job is made up. Every- I think we're all just pretending to do things. Everything is made up and make believe. Which brings us to, is it real or isn't it? And this week, I'm talking about daylight savings time because time is not real. <laughs> no, it is not. Because if we can keep changing time this much, um, I just can't 
subscribe to the fact that people think that it's real at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked up the origin of daylight savings time. Do you know about it, Brooke? I know a little bit about it, but I would like the official rundown. Okay. So it started in Germany and Austria in April 1916. Oh, so it was. That's t- actually later than I thought for some reason. Yeah, it was um, a little bit. I want to say either during or after World War One. Um, it was to conserve fuel needed for like uh, like power. Mm-hmm. And then the U.S. adopted it in 1918, and people were like, mm, "No, that doesn't sound right." And so then they repealed it and made it a local option. So some states and cities still kept it, and that makes even less sense. Right. Right. Like some, imagine we're here and then in times of Earth an hour later. Right. So yeah. literally it was like Philadelphia, New York City, Chicago all had it, but the rest of the state did not. And then it would it was like random states like Massachusetts as a whole. Like it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so then during World War II, Roosevelt brought it back, but it wasn't federal law until Nixon in nineteen seventy five. Okay. So the entire idea was to conserve energy. Originally, it was from Ge- it was only from January to April, mm-hmm. and then um, it was only like an experimental period. It eventually then expanded from May to October, and then finally, it's what we know now as March to November. Mm-hmm. So the entire purpose is that you know it's lighter, longer, so we're not using all of this energy mm-hmm. to create light and power and stuff like that. And that, like I said, that March to November is where we're at now. Now, a days, as of literally since we recorded this yesterday. <laughs> so as of yesterday, the Senate passed the Sunshine Protection Act proposing year-round daylight savings time. And if this passes, the House and the President signs it as of November 5th, 2023, the clocks will not change Arizona and Hawaii currently do not observe daylight savings time, but every other state currently does. So the reason for that is because um, indigenous tribes like are the most of the population and Mm -hmm. on their, um, I don't know if the word is correct, but they're like reservations. They don't observe it. So they just go by their own thing and so for those states they're the majority and that's why they don't but every other state daylight savings time maybe not for long which is just like crazy to me what's what's the point right like i get that okay you want to conserve energy this that and third there's so much there's so much that we have going on that's taking up energy and using energy at all times that daylight savings can't be doing that much of a difference as far as conserving energy. You know what I thought it was for? And I never actually researched it. I just heard it and I just assumed it was fact. I thought daylight savings times was so they could get more work done on the farm. Right. I would think that. But at the same time, like they're still getting up when the sun is up in the morning. Right. Like they're getting up mad early. They're just following the sun whenever the sun is really... So basically what you're telling me is that time does not exist. No, it's completely made up, which we already knew. But the fact that we can just like, hey, it's actually all, this time. We're just going to decide as a group, group project time. 
we're not doing that it's now six o'clock right i know it's supposed to be five o'clock but it's six o'clock and then who decided that it was going to change in the middle of the night that's what i want to know who who was like you know what 2 a.m we were driving back from asbury and we were like what it's gonna turn to one o'clock again right that's that's my thing it's not at midnight it's not like at us like the middle of the day it's the middle of the night it's 2 a.m it's so odd it's such an odd time i'm just thinking too like have you ever thought about how most clocks there's like a five minute variant yeah right which is why i think that most companies if you're up to five minutes late you're not late that's what i would assume i'm just making that up strictly opinions here but that's what i'm assuming because all clocks aren't synced up exact but if you think there's a five minute variant, then wouldn't it be there a five minute variant on that variance when everybody within 15 minutes, then we could go from there. We go like, what is time? Right. It, yeah. It's like, where is the line there? Where are we? What time really is Well, it? and then what gets me too is there's other countries that don't observe daylight savings time. Like, so like, because like time zones? No. No. Oh my, we can't even get into time i can't zones because i just don't understand like i get it because the earth is on the axis right and it tilts and correct it, but why can't it be kind of like seasons in other places that like where our summer is warm summer other places is cold right so like so like five o'clock is like dusk and their five o'clock is the middle of the night right what it just is five o'clock everywhere. Why can't it be like that? Would that be weirder? I don't know. Well, because then you still would have to take account for if people are sleeping. Like, <laughs> the face you made. Well, because you know, like, say, like, for example, today I had the my work meeting mm-hmm. and there's people all across the country, yes. like, as a part of my team that are on this meeting so for me the meeting's at noon but for some people the meeting's at 11 and for other people the meeting's at 10 okay or at one right like depending on where they are so that's what i'm saying like say that you had to have a meeting or a phone call with somebody in another country mm-hmm. and it's the middle of the night for them but it's technically five o'clock everywhere you still would have to put take that into consideration right Either so, way, you've taken that into consideration. Right. So that's the thing. It's like, then what is the system there? I think I'm confusing myself. I think, I think you're confusing everybody. <laughs> let's go. Let's not go across the ocean. Let's just think about California. California is three hours behind us. Right. Okay. So if there's a nine o'clock work meeting, 9 a.m. on Zoom, it's 6 a.m. there. Right. They're getting up either way. So their 6 a.m. is our 9 a.m. But what if they were both 6 a.m.? It would just look different outside. I think, is that what we're trying to say? Yes, yes. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. So either way, the behavior is the same. Right. We're doing the same thing. Right, because technically our bodies are just following the sun at that point. Nature. Because have you ever heard of like those studies where people literally spend like 30 days in a cave and they don't see sunlight? So then your internal clock just creates whatever like time it wants basically at that point? No. Because if you've never seen these, they're like no. literal studies. No, I've not. <laughs> I thought about this is, it. This is, <laughs> this is where we differ because I will spend hours researching studies like this with the brain. And you're like, I will know every single fashion 
fact that I could find. And I just think it's fantastic in both ways <laughs> because I'm sitting here like a nerd and I'm like, people are in caves for 30 days. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? I thought about it in the way of like when you're kidnapped. <laughs> like, okay, how, do you, how do you keep track of time if you're like in someone's basement? You don't. You don't. Because you can't see the sun, so your body's internal clock is the only thing you have going. Mm-mm. Right. Keep going with the study. But that's what I'm saying. Is like, this, is, this is It's the same concept as these studies, is these people are without sunlight for, say, 30 days, and they're watching how their internal clock works. And they've learned that some people can survive off of short spurts of sleeping instead of one long sleep. And mm. that's really how our body naturally wants to live life. I actually um, saw something about that. It's called something and I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, that like back in the day, like before, this all had to do with industrialization. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Yeah. And the the rise of the nine to five. Absolutely. And this and that, where that's your only option. Mm -hmm. You sleep all night, you do this. Before that time, it was way more normal to sleep in spurts right of time yeah it's more natural to us mm-hmm. yeah it makes the most sense and sorry i felt like i had a hiccup there for a second <laughs> um but that like is the same how now people are starting this narrative of a four-day work week oh, we don't great. need a five-day work we week. don't we don't we don't we don't need I'm it in favor of a three-day work week honestly, honestly minimal day work week i'm here. like trying to work i'm trying to again retire as i go literally just trickle down at this point but there's a lot of a lot of jobs that people are realizing that i can if i sit and only have a certain amount of time to do my job it's like we are part of a generation that quote unquote works well under pressure Mm -hmm. well when you have 40 hours to get only a couple things done realistically then you start creating other things you have to get done and you're distracting yourself and then the things you have to get done get pushed off and you're procrastinating and then it feels like by the end of the week you're like oh my gosh i did so much when you could have got all those projects done in three to four days right realistically if you like your brain can do that but because of this nine to five this industrialization like we were talking about like we have to have this 40 hour five day a week why we're still following this this structure that we used to like basically like have children work in factories like that's how outdated it was right we're having children work in factories because they get into small spaces and fix the machines right okay and people and they were like hmm, nine to five sounds like a good amount of time to let children work right mm-hmm. and then and that was to protect them from longer hour days right how generous how generous i'm just confused and just the fact i know this is nothing to do with daylight savings but that that school well, the theme as a whole is time right. school trains us to believe that we need to be do something in an eight hour period right but then go home and do homework too which is a whole nother a tangent whole nother, i could get whole on this whole system i could just <laughs> right i could just literally rip to shreds but they are training us from kindergarten mm-hmm. to have something to do during the day that they're that we're obligated to do and this and that and follow these rules and here's it's just right so when you don't have an eight hour day to fill what do you do 
Right. And that's why it keeps coming down to the powers that be do not want us to think individually, create, and just live. There's a big movement now of like, I want to live on a farm and grow my food. Right. Off the grid. Off the grid. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the more it sounds great. It does sound great. But that's the thing. It's just a matter of, but we can also live the lives we're living now, not necessarily off the grid in the time we want because time doesn't exist it doesn't exist it's not necessary like just get the day done how you need to get the day done like that's what i've learned because i now work a four-day work week and my three days off are very productive but Mm -hmm. they're productive and like i also have time to rest and i just kind of get it done as i get it done and i you can attest to this i am way less like high strung yeah than I would be when I only had two days off. There's something about that third day that just gives you a moment to really stretch out your like what you have to get done and prioritize me time as well as social time as well as like priorities and obligations. Like it just doesn't make sense. And that's the thing. Like naturally our bodies will adjust to what they need to get done. We don't need somebody telling us what time it is or when the sun comes out or, you know, like, and that's the thing too. It's almost like things, which I don't think originally was the plan. And I don't think necessarily is part of the plan still. Maybe it is in a way, but you're telling me that everybody's walking around here with um, seasonal affect disorder where like all of a sudden the, the winter blues. Mm hmm because the sun isn't out as long and we're just doing it because they're telling us when to set our clocks we just all out here being sad because they told us to be for a Literally. couple months out of the year well now and this is i was actually talking to some some of my clients out um at work about it about like them changing thinking about changing the daylight savings whatever and my one client out older was like i just worry about the kids going to school in the dark what like what if what if a kid gets hit by a car in the dark in the because it's dark in the morning it's dark in the morning going to the why are they going to school at 6 a.m 7 a.m that's also something that i think is stupid right like that's that's the so so change the time of school like and i'm over (laughs) here like and i know if we're changing times around i don't want to sound like a dick but i would rather get off at five and still see the sun um that's a bigger wind for me than a than a kid going to school in the dark because at some point during the school year they're going to school in the dark i remember that yeah i remember going to school in the dark or watching the sun come up no and guess what that same kid eventually is gonna be riding its bike and wearing all black at 12 30 a.m on a saturday so right it's gonna be okay right not sound insensitive but it's true like so yeah that's your only counterpart right I mean, I don't know, but it's just weird. Just think about. And yeah, my school, the first bell rang at 6.55. Right. It's only dark like that a couple months out of the year. Like like I just said, March to November. Well, and think about this. The way the earth is on its axis and it turns and it rotates around the sun days naturally get shorter and longer right so why are we making it purposely shorter 
Right. At this point, like, just let. And purposely longer. I'm just like, just let it be. Just let it be. Let it be. Oh, you're singing again. Let it be. <laughs> is this our musical episode? <laughs> this is the musical episode of. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that time isn't real. Time is not real. Is it real or isn't it? You know, it this is something that goes with this that I want to bring up. And then, you know, we can move forward if we need yeah. to. Um, I think we've all noticed how as you get older, time moves faster. Yeah. And I've watched videos. I've had a lot of thought, a lot of th- philosophical thought that when you're younger, time seems so long because it's because you don't have as so much time on this earth. So as you get older, that piece of time makes up a less of a percentage of your life so it go it feels like it goes by quicker yeah because i don't remember summer break as a kid felt like a year right it felt like forever it felt like i it felt like i transformed as a person by the time the new school year happened now a summer break which doesn't exist because we all work all year round but summer that three months it's like i blink my eyes and it's gone Mm -hmm. and i think it's because again it becomes less of a fraction of the time you've been alive well and i also think that it ha- once you are in the world of working where there isn't a summer vacation like you said it's you're looking forward to the next thing so that's like people who are like it's like june and there's people that are like can't wait for halloween spooky season and there's other people like don't rush summer and i'm like shut up <laughs> and that's me loving halloween all year round but then there's people that are like okay it's not even Thanksgiving yet and Christmas decorations are out like and we're just rushing to the next thing that's exciting because we don't get time off Mm -hmm. these are the times we get time off and then people are like I'm excited for summer and warmer weather because then I don't have to take a vacation to get warmer weather and stuff like that so we're just looking forward to the next thing that we're rushing to it and then it's just making time go faster that way too because there's so many times where I'm looking forward to Halloween and I'm like, this year, I'm going to do so many Halloween things. I'm going to dress up. I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden, it, it's past me and I didn't put on one costume. Mm-hmm. And same with Christmas. It's like, oh, I'm so excited to do Christmas things. And we're going to drink hot cocoa. And we're going to go to like little festival things and be cute and pretend it's Hallmark. And then all of a sudden, Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. And we've missed it. And it's totally past us. And we're like, oh, well, next year. And that's like time passes fast that way, too, because we're so excited about the next thing instead of living in the moment kind of thing. And that's because, you know, we're constantly working and it's this whole concept of time moving quickly because everything has to be go, 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 go. So, yeah, I disagree with time. I, <laughs> I would like time to I don't to like it. Just go. Not. That's enough. That's, that's what enough. I say. <laughs> that's, that's enough. Full gritting our teeth. Yeah. We could talk about this, I feel like, for hours. Yeah. But that's why I wanted to bring it up <laughs> uh, because, well, daylight savings, obviously, because they just passed that. Um, but that thing always in the seems sketchy to me right <laughs> it's like we're just saying sure right they're like it's a law you have to turn your clocks and it's like maybe i don't want to what if i just didn't well your what phone I, and everything's gonna do it anyway no i know my car doesn't what if i just showed everything up to an like an hour in a different time like i showed you everything picked, an hour early you just picked whatever hour you wanted yeah i'm like um actually my appointment is now <laughs> I'm like i actually don't follow that so this is my point i don't time. subscribe to time so so i'll be there when i'm there winnie but yeah no i feel you yeah. i feel like it's a weird time so time isn't real time isn't real got it 
but you know what we do have time for <gasps> what do we have time for asking for a friend <gasps> Who's our asking? advice segment read it to me this is our friend today that we're asking this question for a leo sun taurus moon virgo rising that's specific they say how do i motivate my boyfriend who is a leo sun pisces moon aries rising to do things around the house we have so much renovation work to do but he would much rather play video games for eight hours straight i can barely get him to empty the garbage let alone do anything else i am frustrated and exhausted yikes first off that pisces moon that pisces moon that man Mm. both leos both leos oof stubborn that's spicy (laughs) very spicy that's a spicy relationship there um that's hard that's a hard one but i feel like with that if we're going based off astrology with that pisces moon um we have to make him think it's his idea we have to manipulate this man right make it a creative space for him right but we're talking about somebody here with a taurus moon it's gonna be hard it's a lot of fixed energy happening right um what do you think nina i just i feel (laughs) i feel like there's there's different sides of me here that want to answer this the petty side of me wants to be like make a chore wheel make a chore chart and then when he asks like why are you treating me like a child be like why do i have to treat you why do i have to be a parent (laughs) i don't know like i'm i the petty part in me wants to be passive aggressive about Mm -hmm. it but realistically the answer i guess is supposed to be open and honest communication but also find a middle find a middle there (laughs) between those two i just think that like like eight hours of video games that's a lot like that's a little much right we gotta be adults at some point like you said there's renovation to be done like make that fun that's what i was gonna say make it fun make it creative and make it bite-sized i think this is what happens and i've talked about this a lot of people in my life when there's so much to be done sometimes you just want to it's so overwhelming that you just can't and we're talking again a lot of fixed energy in this person they want it done yeah like i know for me like with my virgo moon I, when I think of something that needs to get done, I want to get done right now. Mm-hmm. You've seen me. If I think about cleaning, I'm going to get up and clean right mm-hmm. in that moment. Like, I'm not going to... I Again, I packed a suitcase three months early. Or three weeks early. Not three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't put that past me either. But things like that. So this person obviously has these projects that they want to get done when they want to get it done. But with the boyfriend being a Leo son in Aries Rising, his Leo son is in his fifth house of creativity. Mm. We need to play into that. Got it. So that's what I mean. Make it bite-sized pieces because I think it's easy when you have 5,000 projects to do and you're going, look, with with all that earth energy and fixed energy, it's very easy to be like, we need to do this, 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 and this. And then this, 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 and this. I know it because I could be that way. Nobody wants to do it when it's when it's like that, especially right. somebody whose sun is in their fifth house and they have a Pisces moon in their 12th right. house. You know, it's like a lot more la, 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 la. it'll get done it'll get done we'll, we'll get, get to there. it no so this is what we're gonna do mm. start slow with like you know what we're both off on this day let's just do 
this one thing prioritize it in your brain and pick a thing and in be smart and pick a fun thing first right so let's just pretend you have to hang up art right you want to do a gallery wall mm-hmm. babe one hour give me one hour and let's like figure out this wall and let's like do it blah 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 be like okay yeah, yeah yeah and then you do that thing one thing's done and then one thing's off the list let him have a couple hours of video time do his thing a couple days later babe mm-hmm. you know what i think we have time for this Let's do this really quick, whatever. I think if you're, if this is not the person to say, let's have a day and we get a lot of shit done. No. Right. It has to happen small and bite-sized because that mutable moon. Yeah. Not having it. And when people get overwhelmed, they're like, well, it's too much to get done. I'm not going to finish it. So I might as well just play video games. That's where I, in my brain, right. this person might not be saying it, but I feel like that's what's happening. They're like, oh, I can't finish it all today, so I might as well just Do start a it. different day. Yeah, yeah. I think both people in this scenario need to learn that it doesn't have to be all the projects done right away. Yeah. It can be a little bit at a time, which is a hard pill to swallow. Look, for I can me, admit. I get it, because I want, I could do something every day if I really wanted to. Right. But... I prioritize different spaces. For instance, like, I have pictures I need to hang in my room. They've been sitting there for three months. Okay? But my main living space, I prioritized. So I finished my gallery wall. I painted my accent wall. I got my couch. And now that all took, what, three months total at this point? Yeah, yeah. It took a long time, but I feel good with my space that everybody is typically in. And then move on. It's going to take a while. But I think, again, just crossing one thing off the list at a time. And don't bring up, we still have a lot of other stuff to do. Just be like, oh, my God, we did this. Amazing. And then soon that list is going to dwindle. Maybe that'll be a better angle. And I feel like also with the Pisces moon, and it shouldn't necessarily always be this way. I'm not saying to coddle a person. um, But thank them. Yeah. Like once the one thing is done, be appreciative that you did it together or that they did it for you or and I understand that it might be your shared space and you feel like you shouldn't have to thank them and they shouldn't be doing this for you. They should be doing it for your shared space together. But we're talking about a man here. They don't always think that way. No. And I feel like the Pisces moon like they they appreciate being appreciated. Mm-hmm. definitely so that i just think that adding that in there which i feel like from a taurus moon might be not not happening mm-hmm. as easily just a little thank you appreciate it appreciate you <laughs> i just feel like that little bit of softness mm-hmm. into it because we're talking about a water sign here with the emotions i think that that's important to remember too even though it is a man mm-hmm. but i just think a little bit of appreciativeness when they do do it that that positive reinforcement because then they'll want to do it more yeah Uh, the second it gets too um we're not saying give them a cookie no or maybe works maybe here's the thing maybe bake some cookies (laughs) if it i'm not gonna sit here and say manipulate them but i'm gonna sit here and say do what you need to do to get what you need out of him yeah Absolutely. Okay. I'm not saying this is take with, the astrology out of it. We're talking about a man. We're here. talking about a man. 
easiest <laughs> way to make a man do We're anything. talking about a Leo man, so we could go right for the ego. Right. The, the easiest way. I just need way. a big, strong man to hang this up for me, Ugh. please. I just need you so much. And, like, we could be a feminist when we want to be a feminist. Okay? Sometimes, if we want a job done, we just got to put it, we got to put it on hold for a second. Just a sec. Or then you do it yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are the options. <laughs> right. I mean, realistically. But, like, I feel for you, sis. I feel you. But I think, too, if you do do some projects by yourself that are, like, that you know and you can do, um, I think the Leo energy, I feel like he'll be, like, his ego will be hurt. Because yeah. he's be like, why don't you need me? Right. And then he'll want to do yeah. the other project. If you hang up a photo on your own, you might get somewhere. Yeah. Because it's easy to be petty, but going, I'm not doing anything either. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many ways to look at it. And so many people take the stress of things in different ways. I'm somebody who I want everything done. I want everything done as soon as humanly possible. But I have people who I know in my life who when there's so much to do, their brain just goes freeze. Mm-hmm. Another day. Yeah. So just taking it, honestly, I feel like taking it bit by bit mm-hmm. will, will help. And I feel like you'll end up liking everything better because I know for me, if you make too many decisions right away... It's too much change. It's too much. It's kind of like, because my brain automatically, of course, goes to skincare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, since that's what I do for a living. Um, it's like when you tell somebody to switch up a routine, you don't want to switch up every single product at once because you don't know what's working mm-hmm. and what's not working. It's the same with like changing everything around you. Like, you're like, okay, what did, what did I do differently that is not vibing? Because something here is not working. That b- bit by bit is definitely going to make a difference there too. Now, you mentioned that, like, you were able to kind of say what house their sun and moon was in because they're an Aries rising. Yes. Now, this person is a Virgo rising. Yes. So, where's their Leo sun? So, their Leo sun, as a Virgo rising, would be in their 12th house. Of? The 12th house is, um, it's a very, like, internal house, um, whatchamacallit. I was just like interested because yeah, you were like no able worries. to know right away from the rising. I'm and getting I, good at it, guys. You know me. I'm trying to learn houses better. And this is like my jam to hear about this. Alrighty. So the 12th house is considered the unseen realm and it governs all things that exist without physical forms like dreams, secrets and emotions. Okay. So and I would just like to also say that um, his moon is in his 12th house. Okay. The 12th house is ruled by Pisces. Okay. Okay. Um, and this actually segues really well into our astrology corner because I kind of want to talk about houses today. I haven't really talked about it. Yes. Perfect. And I feel like that's something that not everybody really does know mm-hmm. like a ton about. But um, it's not too deep into it. Yeah. That we're not it's gonna, like, I'm not going to talk about specific placements and planets because it can get really complicated. I'm just going to explain what each house means or the area of life because what i like to say and i might have said this before is your um house is the where where is this showing up in your life the um planet 
is the what what um is being affected yeah like what um yeah what like for instance finances and love yeah um your moods and emotions it's the what okay and then the sign is the how okay does that make sense yeah so we have okay if your moon is in your first house of self and i'll get into this in a minute and it's in cancer okay then you're probably somebody who you could see your emotions on your face because that's yourself your identity how you're seeing your first house Mm -hmm. it's your moods and emotions and it's cancer which is a very um emotional emotional sign so people might know you and know you as somebody who wears their heart on their sleeve that's just an example i love that okay so it's the who what and where love it i that's the easiest way to like break it down so let's start with the first house like i said the first house of self. The first house of self. Now, this is always going to be your rising sign. Um, so if you're... Whatever your rising sign is, it's your first house. Now, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, or maybe I'm just talking about it in my life. But the way the circle chart works is your rising sign is what's rising on the horizon when you were born. So it's on the horizon line. Think about mm-hmm. it. So anything above is in the sky at that moment. You can see it. Anything below, you cannot see. Right. Okay. And that kind of correlates to how, like, what kind of houses are on the top and the bottom of the chart. Right. Okay. I think you were saying this to me because I was fascinated by that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I recorded it or not, but it does make a lot of sense. Like I said, a lot of things with astrology are mirrored in nature and mirrored in the way the stars actually work. It's not as nonsensical as some people may think. So your first house is the house of self. And it's you where your ascendant or rising side is associated with your self-image, your style, um, how we're perceived by others. And you could also think of it as how you come off first impression some astrologers say that it can show you a lot of how you are as a child how you are instinctually um but it can be also like kind of how you view yourself okay um i i've seen that it's kind of rarer to have a lot of signs in your first house personally i have a lot of charts in my phone honestly this one i might have over 50 people's charts um and some people have signs in their first house, but I don't think it's that common. Yeah. Honestly. Um, but like, for instance, me, I have my Pluto in my first house. But it sometimes it'll be a planet or something. But if somebody has a lot of energy, that means they're coming off with a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but again, like, again, first impression wise, like they say, like a Scorpio rising, you love them or you hate them. Right. You know right away. You're going to cause a reaction because you have an intense energy. Yeah. Um, or like a Capricorn rising. I know I'm just bringing up what we both are. But a Capricorn mm-hmm. rising, a lot of times they say age backwards. Yeah. It's the Benjamin Button effect. A lot Absolutely. of times they've had harder childhoods too. And they kind of like yeah earn they earn, they earn some youth, like right. youthfulness. And, and they kind of, um, 
I could see that a lot in myself. Yeah. Like, I was a very serious kid. Yes. And now I'm very, like, I dress as for a 13-year-old me. Yeah. (laughs) That's been my thing lately. I'm like, I will dress for 13-year-old me Mm -hmm. to think that I'm cool. And if you think about it, too, like, celebrities like Ariana Grande is a Capricorn rising. Right. And she keeps looking somehow weirdly younger even though she's not old it's like very confusing right um but so that's your first house Mm -hmm. your second house represents your um oh and i'm gonna before i move on each house is represented by a sign so the first house is ruled by aries so it goes in order of the zodiac okay okay so then the second house is ruled by Taurus. And this house rules um, things that are related to your personal finances, material possessions, and the concept of value. Um, so this house, if there's a lot of planets there, you might deal with um, maybe a lot of challenges around money. It depends on the place and stuff like that. You might have luck with money. You might... Um, have hold more value in material things than others this is ruled by taurus ruled by venus and it's an earth sign very materialistic um but like for instance i have a lot of capricorn planets in my second house and i am a penny pincher yeah i think i'm sending money i'm not (laughs) it's like i've never it's crazy yeah okay i i'm a bitch on a budget even if I had money. I'm, I'm the I'm, opposite. My second house has Pisces in it. And I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, well, if I had a disposable income. You know what that reminds me of? It th- that uh, video of Spencer Pratt, right, um, from the hills being like, I spend money because then it will come to me. I literally said that to you. Yeah. Like a week ago. I was like, if I spend it, it's going to come back to me. Literally. Um, <laughs> that's, that's Pisces energy. So the third house in astrology is ruled by Gemini and gemini is ruled by um mercury for those who don't know and this rules communication transportation um and like local community um but it's to me it's a house of expression a lot of people with third house placements make great writers um or great like local politicians or think of a gemini they know how to talk they talk 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 it's a very intellectual sign um and how you express and stuff like that. Um, so I do see the third house. I think not a lot of people talk about that often either. I think it's kind of like a slept on kind of house. Nobody like when on TikTok and stuff like that. If you're on astrology TikTok, you hear a lot about the 12th house and the 8th house and um, stuff like that. But um, that's kind of where that that's coming from if you have bad if you have negative not negative because there's no good or bad but if you have harder aspects to your third house you might have trouble communicating your feelings well or or like if your moon is squared you know what something in that house maybe you'll have a hard time communicating your feelings xyz but that's kind of where that resides now your fourth house is ruled by cancer and that rules things that are um home and family think of the cancer the crab they're in their little home um now this is the very bottom of your chart okay so this kind of represents your deeper inner self 
um, for instance, it's going to be opposite your midheaven, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so this is kind of where you have more private things is the very bottom. Now, like I was saying, there's things at the tippy top that everybody could see. It's what's in the sky right now. This is the very bottom. So when you were born, no, but this was underneath us all. No mm. one could see this. This is a very personal area. Um, I know I'm using a lot of my placements, but guys, I memorized my chart. My fourth house is, I have my Saturn in Aries in my fourth house. Um, and Saturn is a planet that rules restrictions and limitations and more serious topics um, and stuff like that. And um and could be more of a private thing and I do see and if any of my family is listening they will agree I can be very um selective of what I tell my family like very private about what I tell my family I could be a little bit um and but I take things very seriously like if I I clean my grandma's house every other week and that's what I do for her and like that's my obligation you know what I'm saying right like, it's a very, it's more of a serious thing. Whereas some people, if their moon's in their fourth house, maybe that that's where, you know, they're almost the opposite of me where they're telling their family everything and they're like using them for emotional support. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it can kind of manifest different ways. Yeah. Um, so that's the fourth house. Now we're going to the fifth house, which is ruled by Leo. And this house rules creativity it can rule casual dating and sex and can also rule um, children. Um, kind of seems like a stretch with all those different things. But if you think about Leo, you think of that fiery energy. You think of, I think, straight up creativity. I yeah. think of casual, not necessarily casual sex, but like. I just think social. Social, yeah. exactly. Um a lot of people with a lot of fifth house placements um, can be very flirty. They could be um, natural artists, things along along those that nature. Um, really good house. And again, a lot of people don't talk about it. There are certain tactics and things where you can try to find out like what kind, like how many kids you'll have or what sign the kids may be by going in that house. And I haven't done that to that extensive. Right um that's but a you lot. can kind of go and do a bunch of things to kind of try to figure that out but then we go into the sixth house and that is ruled by virgo and that rules everyday life and it can also um rule health wellness illness things like that so if you have a lot of sixth house placements maybe you deal with a chronic illness hmm. um a lot of people, if you have if you have a Virgo energy in your sixth house, like if you're an Aries rising and you have Virgo in your sixth house, you might have stomach problems. You might have IBS. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a lot of Virgo... Astrology. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but again, also ruling your day-to-day -day life, there's a, a lot of fame indicators that could be in the sixth house that people don't realize because that is your everyday life true um again a house that i feel like is kind of slept on we don't really talk about it that much but each now i don't want to get 
don't I don't want to go too far on a tangent because I know when I'm explaining astrology I can very easily get confusing Mm -hmm. but each sign and I could go over this another day rules a different part of the body which is why I say if you have Virgo places in the sixth house maybe you have some stomach issues oh we'll do that soon Mm because that's interesting um if you have Taurus placements in the sixth house maybe you have an issue with your throat hmm Maybe you should get your th- maybe you should get your throat checked out. No, check your throat. But maybe, um, maybe that person's a smoker. Ooh, maybe they have emphysema. Not emphysema. Not emphysema. But you know, like there's different indicators like that. Again, this is the where it's going to be brought up. What's in the house is the what. Got it. Okay. Then we go to our seventh house. Our seventh house is ruled by Libra. Now, this house is kind of misunderstood. Now, it does represent marriage. Okay. Um, But it also can symbolize um, other important relationships, um, including things like contracts. It can also represent, like, enemies and stuff like that. It's kind of like the other balance, right? Aries it rules the first house that's the starter self independent then you have libra which is the scales of justice so it's a little bit more than just marriage what is your seventh house in i don't have any planets but my seventh house is ruled by taurus Mm. but i'm again we're not getting into degree theory today i my scorpio rising is to the 29th degree so it's ruled by Taurus, but most of my house is filled with Gemini. Got you. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if somebody has a lot of seventh house placements, um, you might have a lot of things that deal with shared contracts. Maybe hmm. that's something that happens going forward that could mean you go into business with somebody or something along the lines of that or um it can indicate that you'll get married early or maybe you have multiple marriages or you know it can kind of give you a little bit more information cool then we go to the eighth house ruled by scorpio (laughs) this is where your moon is in (laughs) yeah this is where my moon is in Um, yes it is the eighth house um, rules birth, death, sex, transformation, mysteries, merged energies, bonding at the deepest level. Yeah, so you heard that. My moon is in that house, which is a lot of emotion. That's a things. lot of emotion. She already has a lot of uh, Scorpio energy. <laughs> I already have a lot of feelings. <laughs> okay, and then her moon is in the house that's ruled by Scorpio. Okay, everything's <laughs> serious. That's true. <laughs> um. Now, there's a lot of controversy around this house about, like, if you have certain placements, you're going to die young, or I don't like that. I don't like Mm -mm. that. Icky. Astrology is a place, it's a tool to use to better yourself and become the most evolved version of yourself. Yeah. It gives you an area of self-awareness and it gives you something to look at and go, hmm, okay, this makes sense. How do I, where do I go from here? 
Right. This we don't need not, to We're bring... not fortune tellers the crystal ball here. Right. We don't need any of that energy. But, yeah, again, also sex, intimacy, things like that, transformation. I feel like when you have eighth house placements, these are themes that show up in your life. Yeah. Um, I think just for you in general, transformation is a really big thing for you. I feel like you've gone through a lot of different journeys and a lot of different evolutions of yourself just to like put you on the spot. It's but. true. It's true. And I say it all the time that I feel like I've lived several lifetimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I always say that. And and realistically, I, I don't feel like I've changed much as a person, like my character and like who I am at my core but transformatively like i think even just emotions like i've worked so hard on my mental health in so many different ways and i continue to do that work like that has to do with my emotions all the time and my mm-hmm. feelings so i totally agree with that fully so the ninth house in astrology ruled by sagittarius is the house of like higher education travel higher level learning um and things like that expanding your expanding your mind those sorts of things um now this could mean several things it could mean that maybe you're going to be somebody who has the urge to travel a lot maybe you're going to be somebody that you learning is like super important to you or you want to go get your master's doctorate and so on so forth um it can even be something as simple as um meeting important people when you travel making friends around the world even to me this could mean like there's people who have a lot of like internet friends all over the world yeah this gives me that energy i love that um again a planet up a a planet sorry guys a house that doesn't get talked about too much to me Mm. i don't hear a lot about it for me my mars and my venus are in that um area and i feel that i am somebody who is always kind of looking to be my best self and always looking to learn not in a traditional way i'm not a college girl i'm not a school girl but i feel like i'm always looking to learn the next thing yeah um and that's what drives me that's my motivation and that's mars's motivation um i think that is very much a part of how that manifests for me and again with my venus being in that house i would definitely say to just i like to use my money to to better evolve myself i'm more likely to spend money on a class than some than a thing right right and even for me, if I'm going to spend money, I'm probably going to do it to go on a vacation. Not that I'm right on an experience that. on an experience. Right. I like to spend money on experiences, not necessarily things. Yeah. So, again, just like to speak from my experience, just kind of like. Right. To just relate it. Um, then we go to the 10th house. Dun, da, da, da. This house represents your work career and how you're seen by others this um is known if you have a lot of 10th house placements it could be a fame indicator um but 
as somebody, me and you both have a lot of 10th house placements. Yeah. Um, my son is in my 10th house. I'm drawn to people with sons in their 10th house. You're drawn to me. I'm drawn to you. <laughs> um, but if you have a lot of placements in the 10th house, you're probably very aware of how you're being perceived. I always say, don't perceive me. Right. Because <laughs> I hate being You probably perceived. put a lot of thought, or not even on purpose, maybe you unconsciously put a lot of thought into how you're going to come across to others. Yeah. How people maybe perceive you. And you also might have a big emphasis on your work. If your son is in your 10th house, I'll say from experience, your identity almost becomes your work. Yeah. People know me for what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I... No, I have Virgo placements. I love my Virgo placements. But I feel like they're very detached from the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Personally I could see that. Me. No, I could see that. Um, but also where your 10th house is, that's going to be the very tippy top of your chart. And that's where your midheaven will be. Just mm-hmm. to bring it back to what we were saying earlier. Your midheaven is the very top of your chart. And that is how the world sees you. Um, and it can be different from how you see yourself or how you truly are. Um, but like, for instance, like, again, if my midheaven's in Virgo, and again, I feel like a lot of people see me as, as a Virgo. If you don't know me, you would definitely see me yeah. as that. Just based off of how I come off, especially professionally. Professionally, I have my shit way more together than like not professionally. <laughs> okay. Um, but if your midheaven differs very greatly, especially from like your rising sign, I could definitely see this. And I was on TikTok and I was like seeing videos about this, so I can bring this up. But for instance, Kurt Cobain, his midheaven was in Gemini. And a lot of like the songs and stuff he was known for and he was known for more of this kind of like kind of playful ish more energy and he was way more not like that in real life yeah yeah do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um he i know he had a little water in his chart i know i know guys it's disappointing i don't know every person's chart off the top of my head <laughs> um but i think that that's very interesting is like even like the example that was used was like this most like teen spirit song which mm-hmm. is like probably one of their most yeah known that's songs like, yeah. is a lot more lighthearted than a lot of other things that he's done and stuff like that and he was yeah. definitely way more um introverted and way more um deep than he probably came off as a public figure right if that right. makes sense yeah definitely um I think Katy Perry is another one of those, too, that's like their midheaven. My girl, Katy Perry. Um, (laughs) Anyway, moving on to the 11th house. This 11th house is ruled by Aquarius. It rules um, community and friendship, things like that. Um, I've noticed with multiple people that if your moon is in your 11th house, you might work in social worker therapy or helping others love that yeah that's so fascinating because mm-hmm. i believe your partner yeah my sister and my mother just three people off the top of my head their 
moons are all in their 11th house. And they all did things that helped others. Yeah. Which I think is just very fascinating. That is really cool. Um, for instance, my moon is in my 11th house. And I feel like I am that per I heavily depend on my friends. <laughs> Anyone listening is like, yeah. Correct. Correct. Can confirm. Can confirm. She just said that she can't send a text message without me. Yeah. So my Libra moon in my 11th house is like, help me finish this text message. <laughs> um, so that's that area. I think a lot of people, if you have certain placements there, maybe you're more likely to round up your change and donate, <laughs> you know, like right. things like that. Maybe those things appeal to you or maybe you cry every time you see a puppy commercial. I don't know. Um, mm. But maybe can relate, can relate. But um, if you have a lot of 11th house placements, things like community and friendship are going to be reoccurring themes and very important to you in your life. Yeah. Now we've gone full circle. We are back at the Pisces 12th house. That, again, like, just to reiterate, rules all the things unseen. Right. Your inner thoughts, your dreams, things like that. Um, and very interesting to me. People with a lot of 12th house placements are very introverted. There's so much more going on in their brains than, than they're actually saying or letting people know. So if somebody, for instance, if, they're, if their son is in their 12th house, that's, I feel like no, not a lot of people know you for your true self. You only let a very certain amount of people, a very exclusive circle, really know who you are. Wow. Interesting. I've, no, I've noticed that with, with 12th house sons is again they're being perceived they're being they're out there but their true selves only a select few people actually get to know exclusive them. exclusivity uh, if you have a lot of 12 house placements maybe you have a lot of vivid dreams i don't know if you've noticed but every pisces season you dream more tell me it's not true stop mm-hmm Oh my goodness, I was just thinking that the other day. I have some weird ass dreams. Not even that I dream more. I feel like I my dreams remember are... Remember them. Yeah, like remember them better. Like, or they're a little bit more vivid. Mm-hmm. Weird. So those are all the houses. Um, I hope I did a decent job at explaining I think you them. did a really good job. Because now we know more about them. And it's interesting to look at, like, your chart and see what sign falls in that house even if you don't have any planets in that house yes and i will say this is a very popular question i don't have any planets in my seventh house does that mean i'm not getting married ever or i don't have anything in this house is empty blah blah a lot of people have a lot of empty houses um that it might just mean that's not a huge area of of conflict or needs a lot of work a lot of times the planet the houses that have planets in them there's a it's a bigger theme in your life they're just a little bit more prominent it doesn't mean you're not getting married maybe your marriage won't be traumatic <laughs> like you know it's not right a bad congrats thing. congrats um but you can also look to the ruler of the sign that that rules that house that house in your chart and look at what planet rules that 
sign and then look at that and that could be a theme in that area okay i don't know if i explained that well at all because it's a little confusing so let me just reiterate you have an empty seventh house in libra okay and you're like hmm i wonder if there's like anything i can like look at to give me a better indicator on what that looks like libra is ruled by venus so look at the venus in your chart okay okay does that make more sense yeah definitely i think that was better the second yeah, time the second i explained time it i need to do need i need, a, I need specifics a quick, a quick take two it's uh, fine a quick you know we should need to condense it a, a little. little rewind um so you can kind of look at it that way and that does get into like more advanced techniques into astrology but it um, just gives you a better insight when you're you not sure a hundred percent so like for instance like my seventh house is empty but it's ruled by taurus taurus is ruled by venus look at my venus and leo okay you know what i'm saying yeah definitely um so there's a lot to go that's what i love about astrology is like there's honestly almost never ending amounts of information i could have gone on several tangents that entire time right right and you stuck to the topic which i'm proud of you i know i'm really bad (laughs) um yeah really quick because we are almost done for the day yeah you brought this up last time we're gonna explain our outro oh yes (laughs) so now that we're on episode five right we might as well explain so at the end of every episode you may have heard us say we're gonna cry today and we're gonna get shits on tomorrow yep this is something that me and nina have said this is the friendship corner of our podcast yes this is something that me and nina have said for since we've met each other yeah a lot of traumatic shit has happened to us yes and we have lived through it together we have gone through several lifetimes several (laughs) lifetimes in this four years yeah that seems like i feel like i've known nina for 25 years i'm literally 25 right no it really feels like we've been friends way longer than we have because we've been through a lot of stuff so at the end of everything, I'm talking job changes, losing friends, losing friends, losing family, breakups. Yeah. All the things. If you if you can think of it, it's probably happened. Yeah. We've said so one of us, if not both. Yes. We have always said, all right, we can cry today. We're going to let it all out. Let it let it all, all out. out. And then tomorrow we're gonna we pick ourselves to, up and mm-hmm. get shit done because you need that time to feel it out absolutely you, and if you don't and you try to start going and getting shit done right off the bat and you don't address it and you don't feel it out then it's gonna hit you like a ton of bricks later and you're not gonna be able to get things done in the quality that you would get them done and we both and that are, can mean so many different things absolutely and if we're just talking like again we used to work together mm. so if one of us was feeling some type of way at work and we knew that we had to get work done we're the type of people that want to just ignore and get work done and we used to have to stop each other and be like let's feel it out Mm -hmm. because we're not going to get the work done the way that it needs to get done if we don't feel it out right now and talk it out right now and we were that friend for each other to be able to do that so that's kind of where that stemmed from where we cry today and we get shit done tomorrow and we still firmly believe in that and And say it all the time it never fails yeah because sometimes you just want to stomp your feet. Yeah, sometimes I just want to throw a tantrum. And d- we don't need to be logical. We don't need to be valid. No. We don't need to be anything. We just need to feel our feelings and know, like, that's fine. That's yeah. okay. 
And then when we go to get shit done, that's when we go, okay. All right. What's going to be productive? Correct. So it's a very important phrase in our friendship, which mm-hmm. is why it's our outro. But then we're like, maybe we should explain it to the people. Maybe we should explain why we keep saying this. Because they're probably like, okay, we get it. You didn't even cry. I'm you're not even crying. Imagine you come to this podcast with me and you're like, <laughs> listen, I cry all the time. I'm not going to cry on this podcast. At least not yet. Well, this is a safe space. <laughs> So I that, can't guarantee that I won't ever so cry. That is why we say that at the end of every episode and we wanted to clue you guys in. And I think that if there's ever a time where you don't have that person to kind of remind you, like, feel your feelings, feel them out, cry, do all the things, sit there with a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and wallow in self-pity. Throw your own fucking pity party. Yeah. And scream then, in a pillow. Oh, scream at the walls. Who fucking cares? Yeah. And then tomorrow, you throw the carton of Ben and Jerry's away that you never threw away last night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. It's still on your nightstand. It's still there. It's melted. The spoon is stuck to it. Disgusting. <laughs> we all have been there. And then you actively, Wash your face. Right. You wash your face and you actively start to actually solve that problem because you can't cry in self-pity for weeks but you also need to to feel your feelings before you move forward move forward yeah so we'll remind you that every week absolutely we always will and we'll also remind you to follow us on all of our social media (laughs) yes please do nothing too crazy pod on instagram twitter um we have an email nothing to the number two crazy pod at gmail um please go to our instagram we have the link to our um asking for a friend anonymous yeah our submissions for our advice that we are not qualified to give exactly opinions only here so with that being said we're gonna cry today and get shit on tomorrow love you love you bye